This is Pastor Andrea Ellis, and I just want to personally welcome you to the Destiny Faith Church podcast. I'm so happy you're with us today. I trust the word of God will inspire you. So please open your heart and enjoy the word. According to Romans chapter 8 and verse 15 in the Living Bible, it says, and so we should not be like cringing, fearful slaves, but we should behave like God's very own children, calling him Father, Father. Also, another scripture in um, Timothy chapter 1 and verse 7, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind or a strong mind. Let's dive into our lesson today because I didn't get a chance to talk about what I wanted to talk about on Sunday and I'm ready for, for the next Sunday. So would you bear with me and let's walk through some scriptures today. Would you grab your Bible or pull your cell phone up and let's walk through the word of faith. We've been learning as we've been talking about exposing the spirit of fear, we've gotten so much principle. And I want to encourage you to go back and listen to some of the other messages. You can find them right here on this Facebook page. Or you could subscribe to our podcast. Look for Destiny Faith Church under our podcast and go back and listen to those messages in the name of the Lord. We've learned that the enemy or Satan comes with accusations and he comes with lies and deceptions and he slings them against our minds repeatedly repetitiously he keeps pounding and pounding and pounding because he knows that your mind is too strong for just one blow so he keeps pounding and pounding and pounding until he weakens you and once he finds that he's weakened you in the the thought uh, area he'll continue to pound harder and faster oftentimes we say that people say things oh i didn't mean nothing by it but did you i don't know if you know this or not but words do hurt words do hurt and for some reason i'll just talk about myself for some reason somebody could say 15 nice things about me but when they say one negative thing about me then that thing just tries to plague against my mind and I have to take authority over my thoughts isn't that crazy how the enemy will take that one thought that one negative thing that someone says and he'll continue to try to pound 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 against your mind now sometimes people say oh i didn't mean nothing by it it was harmless but even harmless things can damage people and can hurt people we learned on sunday one drop of water is very harmless but a continuous drop 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 in the same spot over and over and over that can break concrete that can crush through your your head it could do great damage it can burn your skin off your body worse than um a flame would a harmless drop of water rep repetitiously hitting the same spot so that's the enemy's strategy. His strategy and his goal is to hit the same spot and then pierce it. He wants to pierce your brain, but he's not satisfied with just piercing you in the thought realm. He wants to penetrate all the way through. Come on, we know that the enemy is a liar and that's why I have to teach this message on exposing the spirit of fear. The Lord began dealing with me on this message, maybe October or September of last year. And I was just released to begin to speak on concerning it. And 
God is way smarter than we are. And I've been biting at the bit to preach it. But God had a word for us for right now in Jesus' name. Fear, we talked about on Sunday. Fear, we already know fear is a lie. But fear wants to chisel its way into your mind. We we likened it to the, the construction worker with that little thing. Keep pounding, pounding, pounding into your mind, repetitiously striking your mind. Maybe you can even think of some things that people said to you or things that you experienced when you were young in your formative years that keeps pounding, 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 pounding. I won't tell you how old I am, but I'm old enough to uh, um, take control over my thoughts, but I still have memories that go all the way back to one year old. I have memories that go back to one year old. Most people don't have memories that go back to one year old. I have memories that go back all the way to one year old because the enemy wants to want, wanted to begin striking my mind at a very young age, at a very early age. I was having a conversation with my mom the other day and I was telling her some of the things that I remember as a child and things of that nature and I saw so many things so many devastating things at a very very young age I remember being about two about two years old and on our balcony from our our house we had a balcony and I and my dog were out on the balcony and I remember I remember very vividly the enemy telling me to jump to jump over the balcony because my life was so difficult and I've seen so much violence and so much heartache at such a, a young age and and the, I remember the enemy at two years old told me to jump over the balcony well I had my dog here so the reason I said well shoot if I jump what's gonna happen to Trixie this is two years old then I said well if I throw Trixie over first I said man I don't want to see Trixie like that oh man just forget it I can't even do it I knew that I would hurt myself I thought that I would even take my own life at two years old because of the repetitious the repetition pounding striking in the same spot over and over and over and over and over again. Come on, the enemy will try to introduce suicidal thoughts and you'll just think it's a fleeting thought until it comes back again and again and again and again. But that's why I have to expose the spirit of fear and teach you how to take control over your thought, over your thoughts. You bring every thought captive and you make your thoughts obey listen to me i'm sidetracked already but there's no thought too nasty filthy dirty or vile for the enemy to bring your mind to your mind i'm absolutely serious there's no thought he's never gonna weigh it out and say oh that's just too dirty don't let me bring that's the very thing that he's gonna bring to your mind there's no thought that's too ridiculous to bring to your mind from the enemy and he will bring it and he'll he'll um proposition you try to get you to receive that he'll make a proposal to you but you've got to reject it come on you've got to put the word of faith in your mouth you have to begin to say i have a strong mind that the thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy but jesus came so that you can have life and this life right here more abundantly so begin to put the word of faith in your mouth begin to find those scriptures that speak to the things that the enemy is speaking to you the enemy is speaking to you guys to some of you guys concerning condemnation you've got to go to romans chapter 8 and verse 1 there's right now right now no condemnation i don't owe sin nothing once i repent it from god i don't have to keep going back i don't have to keep feeling bad i am free for whom the sun set free is free 
indeed. Woo! Let me get into my let me get into my lesson because I'm going sidetracked already and I haven't even got started good. We want I want you to know that whoever or whatever controls your mind controls your emotions. And then that dictates your behavior. And that behavior becomes repetitious actions. Come on. You've got the mind of Christ. You have the mind of Christ. Come on. Years, years ago when I was a children's minister, I had a, an autistic student. And uh, he was not only autistic, he was autistic and he had that um, Tourette syndrome. So he would say curse words and all kinds of things. And he was disruptive in children's ministry. He would push my, my assistant down. He would do all kinds of things. And you know, when a little kid curses out loud and says really bad words, all the other kids are, ooh. So I prayed and I asked God, I said, God, what am I going to say? What am I going to do with this kid? I don't know. I haven't had the training to handle these type of situations. So God, I need you to help me. And God told me to call the kid by his name and say, You've got the mind of Christ. So whenever he would cut up in class, I would stop the whole class because he disrupted it anyway. And I say, everybody point to so-and-so and say, so-and-so, you've got the mind of Christ. And I did that over and over and over. And then when, when everybody would, and he got that attention and everybody would tell him he had the mind of Christ, I would say, now lift up your hands and say, hallelujah. Pretty soon, this kid went from being able to only stand children's ministry for five minutes to 10 minutes to 20 and then he became a star student are you listening to me you've got to put the word of faith in your mouth and you've got to take authority over your thoughts your thoughts become actions your actions become habits your habits become addictions and addictions enslave you addictions rob you of who you really are and what God really had for you. Sometimes I see people and maybe they're in addiction and my heart goes out for them and I don't judge them. I just begin to pray for them because that's not God's best for their lives. That addiction has robbed them of who they really are and what God meant for them to have. Come on again, 1 Timothy chapter 1 verse 7. God has not given you a spirit of fear but of power and of love and of a sound mind. I don't have time to review, so I need you to go back and pick up those lessons from these previous services so that you can really get the goody out of this. We learned that we have to redirect our negative thinking to the word of faith. We have to cut off a negative thought with the words that come out of our mouths. So you have to put a confession. I've got the mind of Christ. I'm strong in the Lord. You've got to create a confession and you've got to say the polar opposite of what the enemy is telling you. Remember that fear invades and attacks the mind. Fear declares war on your mind and on your thought life. But this is how we fight back. This is how we fight back. We fight back with the word of faith, putting the word of faith in our mouths. Get you a confession. Find a scripture and stand on that scripture. Write it down. Put it on your phone. Put Make a recording. Listen to it all day and night long so that the word begins to come out of your mouth. Come on. You have, you have prophetic utterance in your mouth. You will have exactly what you say. Let's get into today's lesson. Let's get into today's lesson. Woo, God, get, help me not to be a long-winded preacher today, Jesus, because I don't have that much time. I want to talk to you today concerning fear. Fear is an intimidating coward. Fear is an intimidating coward, an intimidating coward. He is a bully. Fear is a bully, a big old bully. And you have to focus on God's word and on God's promises so that you can overcome the intimidation factor from this 
bully. We begin to talk on last week and I want to pick it up today. We want to talk about Goliath, David and Goliath. Goliath taunted, but David trusted. Come on, Goliath taunted and David trusted. When the enemy begins to taunt your mind and, and to rattle your mind and come against your mind concerning maybe past mistakes or, or this uh, situation that we're in right now and the crisis that we're in, in the middle of it, even though we hear the taunting, we see the taunting and we may even feel the taunting, we still must trust God. And again, I will trust God. This word taunt means insult, incite, induce, infuriate, and irritate. I'm sure in your life, just like in my life, we've had people and things that try to insult us, entice us, incite us, um, induce us, infuriate us, and irritate us. That's the taunting of the enemy, the taunting of the enemy. But in the middle of being taunted, we must trust. Trust has reference to confidence, credence, credibility, and certainty. I told you that fear ain't nothing but a big old bully. And a bully is someone who habitually seeks to harm or intimidate those they perceive as vulnerable. Those they perceive as vulnerable. I was watching on Facebook or something and it was a boy, it was a whole bunch of boys and they were all around and they were egging the one boy on to keep, he kept picking at the boy, kept picking at the boy, kept picking at the boy. And the boy didn't want to fight. He didn't want to fight. He didn't want to fight. Out of nowhere, the boy got up and knocked the boy out cold. That's what we're about to do with this bully called fear. We're about to knock fear out cold and then take its head off in the name of Jesus. Um, intimidate means to make timid, to feel with fear. Fear, to terrorize, to terrify, and to strong arm. The, this, the devil ain't nothing, and the spirit of fear ain't nothing but a big old intimidating bully. And here, this is how I look at it. The bigger you are, the harder you fall. Come on, come on, come on. Let's talk today. We're going to talk today about David and Goliath. Goliath taunted and David trusted. Goliath taunted and David trusted. I kind of tickled myself as I was just meditating before um, the live began and, and I began to, to, to kind of go back over the scriptures and I, and we already know that the that the devil is a liar. And even according to John chapter 8, verse 44, not only is he a liar, but he is the father of lies. That's what that scripture tells us. It says that the devil is a liar and he's the father of lies. So also, let me give you another one. This one's, I'm going to bring it all together in a minute. Psalm number 107. Psalm number 107, stanza 2, says, Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom he has redeemed from the hand of the enemy. Fear is our enemy, and God has redeemed us from the hand of the enemy. So the scripture says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. If you're redeemed, you ought to say so. But let me submit this to you. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, because the devil, because he's a liar, sometimes he brings part of the truth. He'll bring our past up. He'll bring our criminal record up. He'll bring all different kinds of stuff up. That's the truth. He's bringing facts to us. He's bringing the facts. But when the enemy brings the facts to 
you. Maybe you've uh, maybe you've spent time in jail. Maybe you made mistakes in your past. Maybe you had missteps. Maybe you were molested. Maybe you had an abortion, lying, cheating, stealing. You don't let the enemy just harass you about stuff that you already repented from. If you've already repented from it, it's already plunged under the blood of Jesus and whom the sun sets free is free indeed. Come on. You don't let the devil keep bringing up your past when you've repented from it. You've turned 180 degrees and going the opposite direction from all that foolishness that God delivered us from. The Bible says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. So when the devil brings up your past mistakes and your past missteps, your, your past abortion, your past failure, you look him square in the face and say so, because whom the son sets free, it's free indeed. Let me slow down. I got to teach. I can't be in here preaching. So let me slow down. So remember, fear is a lie. The devil is a lie. And this is how, this was, I, I'm humorous. I have, I think, funny. And maybe my, my sense of humor is kind of a corny sense of humor. But just bear with me in my own corny sense of humor. I start thinking about it. I start thinking about David and Goliath. And what a, mm, I almost said what a stupid name. But what a simple name, Goliath. Goliath. So I said, go, Lieth, go. Hit the road, Jack, and don't come back no more. You've got to talk to the giants in your life, and you've got to tell them to go. In Matthew chapter 4, when Jesus was tempted, he told the devil, he said, go, get out of here. I rebuke you, go. So you can talk to giants in your life, and you say, go, Lieth. Lieth, a lie is a false statement made with a deliberate intent to deceive, an, an intentional, an intentional untruth, a falsehood, something inaccurate, a fake, a fraud, a forgery, a fabrication, a falsification. Go, lieth. You ain't nothing but a lie. And I'm, I'm looking at the, the Latin ad, ad infinum, uh, which means to infinity or forever and ever without limit or to the end. He is a lie. He's a father of lie. So go lieth. Lieth. Continual. He's a continual liar. And he starts lying in your, in your formative years. He starts lying at one and two and three years old to try to impose inferior thought patterns on you so that you begin to entertain suicidal thoughts. Go, lieth. <laughs> Come on. You better say it out of your mouth. Whatever that giant that you're facing, and we've got to face the giant, whatever that giant is, tell it to go. Lieth. Maybe it's a bill. Maybe it's a student loan. Maybe it's the closing of your house. Maybe it's a doctor's report. You tell that giant of fear, go, lieth. Use a lie. I'm closing on my house. I'm buying my new car. I'm getting my new job. I'm paying for my education. I'm going to my next level. Go. Lot, let me slow, let me slow down. Okay, I'm gonna calm down. I'm gonna calm down. I'm gonna calm down. Now here's the problem. Now if you didn't repent, oh that doesn't apply to you. The devil just gonna keep pounding your head. You've gotta you've gotta repent. You've gotta give it to God. You've gotta plunge it under the blood of Jesus, and you've gotta turn away from it. And if you don't, the enemy is gonna keep beating your head, and he's gonna keep pounding until he weakens it. In the name of Jesus, let's walk through this story again. It started in um. 1 Samuel chapter 16, and we know that Jesse, um, Samuel was sent to the house of Jesse. Jesse had eight sons. So when Jesse went to 
when Samuel went to Jesse's house asking Jesse of his sons, he brought the first one, the handsome one, the oldest one. Oh, Eliath, yes, amen. Come on, son. Yes, this is he. And he was so good looking and he fit the bill that even Samuel thought he was the one. But God said, you're looking on the outside. I look at the heart. We know that the Bible says that um, David had a heart after God or a heart after God's own heart. He was after God's own heart. He had a good heart. So God was not just looking at the outside. God looked at the inside. That's a good news. That's good news for someone. You need to know that God doesn't look at your outside. He doesn't look at your past mistakes. God looks at your heart are you getting a revelation right here so we see that after um jesse had brought all of the sons he brought seven sons before he even thought about bringing david and then samuel had to ask him you got any more sons because ain't none of this it and then he said well there is david the one that's out there tending the sheep is something about a pastor It's something about a shepherd that heart of a pastor is a special person are you listening to me so they brought um, David before Samuel and he anointed said that's the one and he anointed him he pulled the, the horn of oil all over him. we know the anointing flows from the head to the beard to the skirt that's Psalm number 133 come on and the Bible said that um, David was anointed he was anointed as the future king as the future king of Israel in front of his brothers and it says from that moment the anointing came upon him the spirit of the lord came upon him is what scripture says and then i'm adding to it it says and, and saying and the spirit of fear came upon his brothers in fear rior the spirit of fear came but we know he was anointed as king oil all over his head ready to go to the next level yay and amen but guess what he had to go right back out there and keep feeding sheep it didn't happen overnight Come on, don't get discouraged when what you're believing for, what God has promised you, doesn't come overnight. Come on. Sometimes there's a process of time that is working things out of you and working things into you so that you're prepared. If you're honest with yourself, if you're completely and totally honest with yourself right now, are you really ready for everything that God has promised you or do you need some more preparation time? Preparation time is never lost time. Let's get into our lesson because I don't have much time. So we're learning about David and Goliath. Goliath, he ain't nothing but a liar. Fear ain't nothing but a liar. An intimidating bully ain't nothing but a lie. So fear is a lie. Come on, danger is real, but fear is a lie. Come on, we're wise enough to know the difference between danger and fear. We're wise enough to know that. We know when we're in danger and we know how to back out of it and things of that nature. But we gotta, we gotta, we gotta go toe to toe with fear and put it in his face and on its face. Flee devil, go, Goliath. So we know that Goliath taunted. He insulted, incited, induced, infuriated, and irritated, right? But David trusted. He had confidence, credence, credibility, and certainty. Are you listening to me? Let's start walking through the scripture. Let's start walking through it. Let's begin in chapter 17. Chapter 17, and I'll try to pull out the verses as I go along, but I just want to, I might have to paraphrase some of it just for the sake of time so we can get the goody out of it. Come on, these Bible stories are not just stories. These are true accounts and scriptures so that you can see this worked for someone else. It will work for you as well. Come on. When we face our bully, when we face the intimidation factor, maybe it's the car note, a house note, or, or whatever the case may be, we can still face it. We face it with our faith. We have an opportunity. We have a window of opportunity. We can either face the giant with fear or we can face the giant with faith. I say let's trust God and face these giants in our lives with faith. Now, it says in um, 
chapter 17, somewhere around verse 4. Well, let's go up to verse 3. It said the Philistine, we know the, the giant or um, Goliath was the Philistine. The Philistine stood on a mountain on one side, and Israel stood on a mountain on the other side, and the valley was in between them. And then it says a champion went out from the camp of the Philistines named Goliath. Goliath! Goliath. And he stood close to 10 feet tall, uh, and his helmet alone, if you read on, you'll see that he had some sophisticated um, 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 equipment on and it's talked about his helmet alone weighed 30 pounds his helmet alone weighed 30 pounds this made me to think that he got a big old head so go big old head Goliath Goliath big old head self gone on in the name of Jesus. So we know that the helmet, that just goes to show you he was tall and he was big. He was a giant. And then drop down to around verse six, around verse sixes, maybe seven. It talks about he had a shield bearer that went before him, a shield bearer that went before him. Somebody that held up the shield so when he was fighting, the shield bearer could kind of block the blows that was coming or the arrows or whatever was coming his way. So I really want you to underline this because God God gave me something so hilarious about this. I really want to say it. So underline that. A shield bearer went before him. So there was big old head Goliath standing up there taunting and, and you know, making a mockery of the, of the um, Israelites. And then he had a shield bearer that went before him. So he would come out every day and say, choose a man for yourselves and let him come down to me. If he's able to fight me and kill me, then we'll all be your servants. And, but if I prevail against him and kill him, you shall be our servants and serve us. Then this Philistine, this big Philistine giant, come on, sometimes your the giants in your life begin to talk to you. You ever had a bill that started talking to you? That bill be hollering your name that bill is just just hollering and screaming to you you got to say go liars come on this is what the this is what he said he said i defy or oppose or assail the armies of israel this day give me a man that may we may fight together then the scripture says in verse 11 when saul and all of israel heard these words from the philistines they were dismayed dismayed and greatly afraid now we know that Saul was the was the commander in charge he was the command chief officer he was the the hero and the bible tells us in other scriptures that he was a tall man he was statuesque he was tall he was head and shoulders above the other ones but it says when Saul and Israel heard the words of the Philistine you got to understand this Philistine was big and he was taunting he was inciting he was insulting do y'all know who I am you know who I am you can't come on you you don't know how them giants talk. You know how your bills be talking. Come on. You got to come in here. Let's have a revelation. Let's get the goody out of this and implement it in our for real, for real lives. Oh my God, where's the time going? It says that when they heard this Philistine talking, they were dismayed and greatly afraid. Two different, two different expressions. Sometimes we read the Bible and we don't read it for real, for real. We just be skimming through it. When it said dismayed and greatly afraid, that was two different expressions here. Dismayed means a complete breakdown of courage totally rattled all the way unhinged completely paralyzed and terrorized by fears as if they were disheartened discouraged disillusioned disturbed and diseased anything that comes against your ease is dis-ease 
and they were dismayed and the Bible said greatly afraid. Not just afraid, but greatly afraid. Filled with apprehension, feelings of regret. I knew I shouldn't have came out here. I knew I shouldn't have volunteered to be. They were full with regret and reluctance and unwillingness. Unwillingness. Feeling intimidated, feeling bullied, feeling knocked out. They hadn't even fought yet, but they felt knocked out to the nth degree. Let's read further. It talked about David was the son of Jesse. Jesse had eight sons and the three oldest of the sons had gone to follow Saul, big old tall Saul, into the battle. But David, verse 15, but <clears throat> excuse me, David occasionally went and returned from Saul to feed the father's sheep at Bethlehem. We learned in chapter 16 that David was anointed, but he kept feeding his father's sheep. And then because the spirit of the Lord had lifted up off of Saul. Saul needed somebody to play melodious music, worship music to calm him down because now he was disassociated. He was tormented in his mind and he needed music to calm him down. So David went back and forth to the father, to Saul, the king, playing music for him, watching the sheep, doing he, but this is the thing. He was anointed. He'd been anointed to be king, but how many know preparation time is never lost time it says in verse i think it's verse 16 the philistine drew near and presented himself for 40 days can you imagine 40 days being bombarded being taunted being insulted being ridiculed being uh, irritated and intimidated by this big old giant day after day after day and the bible even talks about he went morning and night he went twice a day i remember when my sons played football and they would have two a days that that was two a day it was bad enough that he came and insulted them and ridiculed them once a day, but two a day? Now you got two a day taunting? This is some craziness. If I was thinking about it. What was the significance of 40 days? 40 signifies testing. 40 signifies a probationary period. 40 uh, signifies being tried. When you've been tried by fire, you will come forth as pure gold. Usually, this 40-day probationary period, this 40 days of testing, being tried, usually ends with victory and with blessings. We remember Jesus in Matthew chapter 4. He was in the, in the wilderness for 40 days, but he came forth as pure gold. Let's come on. Let's get some more goody. Let's get some more goody out of this. In verse 17, Jesse said to David, now take for your brothers dry grain, 10 loaves of, uh, 10 loaves of bread and carry these cheeses. So take you some cheese and some bread and some grain, take some cheese and crackers down there to your brothers while they're in the battle and see what's going on. See how they're doing and bring the report back to me. Listen, he's anointed king. He was anointed king. Oil dripped all on his hair, all in his beard, all up his nostrils, all in his ears. Everybody saw him. He felt the spirit of the Lord come upon him, but he kept on serving. That says something about your heart when you can keep on serving. Let's drop down. When David got down there to where the brothers were, you know, he was taking the tea, cheese and crackers down there and they were in the battle and so forth. So when he got down there, he greeted his brothers and he talked to them. And while he was talking to his brothers, 
The giant came. Remember, he was coming two a day, two times a day to taunt him. So while David is there, he the giant came. So he got to see firsthand this big old head intimidating bully. Go, Lyoth. Come on. He saw this big old giant. So this day wasn't no different from any other day. He said all of the things that he kept saying and David heard him. And the scripture says, I think it's about verse 24. And the men of Israel, when they saw that man, they fled from him and they were dreadfully afraid. They were dismayed. They were greatly afraid. Now they're dreadfully afraid. Dreadfully afraid has reference to hideously shamefully, horrifically unwilling, bullied, intimidated to the point of total knockout. In other words, they saw the bully and they were like, they just collapsed with fear just at the sight of the bully. Are you listening to me? And David was looking like everybody running with what is going on? So he spoke to the men that were behind him and said, well, what's going to be done to the, to the man that kills this Philistine and takes away the reproach from, the, from Israel? So who is this uncircumcised Philistine? Go, liar. Who is this that he should defy? He has the audacity to oppose and assail the living God's army, the army of the living God. The army of the living God. Who does he think he is? So when Eliab, verse 28-ish, Elias, the, Eliab, the oldest brother, heard David speak to the other men, the Bible said Eliab's anger arose against David. It said, what you doing down here anyway? Why are you here? And who did you let them little sheep? Don't you know you need to be watching them little sheep you got? Where are them little sheep? Did you ever see how people try to intimidate you and make you feel small? What makes the sheep little? What makes the sheep little? What makes his job little? And don't forget, Eliab, he's already been anointed as king. So with whom have you left the little sheep in the wilderness with? He said, I know your pride and your insolence. You just disrespectful. You disrespectful. What does that mean, disrespectful? He felt like you owe me to respect me. Respect me. Respect me. In business, this is about six or eight months ago, in business, I had a conversation with someone in business about a business matter. And I remembered they talked about, you better respect me. I was like, oh, oh, Jesus, help, Lord. No, you better respect me. Because my money is green, just like yours. And we gonna do business, we gonna do business. Whether I'm a female or not. Because I already know you're not gonna talk to no man like this. So you better back up off me. Go, Eliab. Come on, come on, come on. So I, I looked at it this way. Eliab was supercilious. Remember we learned that word supercilious. He was haughtily disdainful and contemptuous. He was cocky and uppity and he was snooty in his regard to, to David. Who do you think you are? What you doing down here? We're the ones in here fighting. And then what, this is what I love. This is what I love about it. David said, what, what did I do now? Which, which tells me, when he said, what did I do now? Which means you've been accusing me of doing stuff all the time. You're always saying I'm haughty. You're always saying I'm big. You're always saying this. People will always accuse you. When you're going to the next level, people will accuse you. You're acting brand new. I'm not brand new. I've changed. My mind is focused. I have a focus. God has a, 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 a bright future for me. I can't still do the st same stupid stuff that I used to do. 
I've got to change. I've got to tighten up. Come on. So don't try to downplay me because I've changed. You changed. You brand new. Well, yes, I am brand new. All things are passed away and behold, all things have become new. Y'all better stop making me preach hard. Come on. He said, what did I do now? Because he had been accused before. Come on, that's the enemy. The enemy will cause your own family members, your own friends, your own people to begin to accuse you. People that you have respect for, you want their opinion. You, he want, I'm sure he wanted the respect and the honor and the, and the, and the, and the commendation from his big brother. But now his big brother is putting him down. So David spoke back to him. He said, is there not a cause? Is there not a cause? In other words, we got a promise. We got a word. We got a reason. We got a God. Is there not a cause? We've got a promise. Let me slow down. We got a word. We got a reason. And we got a God. This is what tickles me. Then he turned right and started talking to somebody else. He's like, I ain't going to even fool with you like that. I'm not going to let you get in my head. We have a promise. We've got a word. We got a reason. We got a God. You're the one that's running. So I'm not going to even deal with you right now. Sometimes you can't deal with people. When you're in the middle of a battle and the enemy is taunting, there's certain people you can't even fool with right now because you don't want their fear and their disbelief and unbelief to jump off on you. Are you listening to me? It said that the people reported back to Saul and then Saul sent for him. They reported back with, with David. See, you know how people are. Did you, well, let me tell you what David said. David said, well, what could be, you know, they probably reported back not to, to advance David, but to get David in trouble. Are you listening to me? So um, when when David reported to Saul, whom who sent for him, David said to Saul, you're right. I, I said all that. Yep, you're right. I said what I said. <laughs> Sometimes you have to tell the enemy, I said what I said. I said what I said. So let no man's heart fail. We know the scripture says that men's hearts fail them for fear. Let no man's heart fail because of, because of the giant. Go, liar. Your servant will fight this Philistine. I'll do it. I'll fight. Oh, man, I'm almost out of time. And Saul said to David, you're not able, you're not able to fight no Philistine because you're just a kid. You little. You ruddy. You small. But David said to Saul, your servant used to keep his father's sheep. And when a lion or a bear came and took one of the lamb out of the flock, I went after it. I didn't let that go. I'm going after it. I'm going after it. It struck it. I remember years, years ago, my mother, my grandmother, um, Ollie Bill, my dad's mother, years, years ago, she was coming out of the bank and um, she had just, at that time, you cashed her check. She had just cashed her check. She was a caterer. She had just cashed her check. And this guy going to snatch her purse. So he snatched her purse and took off running. So grandma took off running after. I said, well, grandma, what you running after the man for? What was you going to do? She said, I was going to get my purse. <laughs> Come on. I got that. I got that Ollie Bill. Blood in me. I'm gonna get my stuff. Like like David said, I didn't let it go. He came and he took a lamb. He said, I went after it and I struck it and I delivered the lamb from his mouth. And when it rose against me, I caught it by its beard and I struck it and I killed it. And your servant has killed both the lion and the bear. Who is this uncircumcised Philistine? Go, liar. Who is this? that can stand and keep assailing the armies of God day after day after day as if we don't have a great big God, the creator of heaven and earth. Who is this uncircumcised Philistine? 
So after after David said all that, um, um, Saul says, "Well, shoot. Well, let me let me let me give you my armor and stuff. Let me put my my stuff on you, and I'm pray for the Lord be with you. Come on, come on." David had this mindset. We got a promise. We got a word. We got a reason. We got a God. I'm not going to focus on the problem. I'm going to focus on the person behind the problem. I'm going to behind the promise. The person behind the promise. God is behind the promise. Waymaker, miracle worker, light in the darkness. Come on. He's a promise keeper. Not only a promise giver. I love what Saul said. Go and the Lord be with you. Go and the, love, the Lord be with you. That song turned real quick. Real quick. Sometimes people pray. Oh, I'm praying for you. And then when you get advancement, the same people mad. They were praying at first, and I'm praying with you, the Lord be with you, because they don't have the trust. They don't know what God, they don't know that you had a word. They don't know that you had a promise. They don't know that you're looking to the promise keeper, the light in the darkness. I'm praying for you. Okay, so we see that song turn real, real quick. Let's get back to our lesson. Let's get back to our lesson, because I got to go. Dang it, I'm out of time. So we see where Saul put his whole armor on um, <clears throat> David. We already learned that Saul was head and shoulders above the other men. He was a very tall, statuesque man, right? So he put his armor on David. And when David had all of Saul's armor on him, the Bible said that he couldn't walk. He said, I haven't tried this. I'm, I'm not used to this. I can't navigate properly in this. And never said that the armor was too big. It never said it was too big. I believe that, I believe that David stood eye to eye. To Saul, I believe that he was tall. I believe he was. I believe he had big muscles. I believe that he was working out in that out in them field with them lions and bears. How you gonna snatch up a bear if you're not working out? How you? How gonna be little like they show you like seven years old? How? What king will send a seven year old in the army anyway? Come on, we know this boy was big. He was strong. He was used to protecting what God had entrusted to his hand. Are you listening to me? So David took off the the stuff. He, he took it and he just took his staff in his hand and he chose for himself five smooth stones from the brook. He took the things that he was used to. Come on, child of God, just because things get tough, don't throw away everything that you've already learned. You've already learned to keep on fighting with those same tools. Just because my, my mentor said it this, the other day, just because you're, um, the giant is a different giant this time don't mean that you can't still use the same weapon. You still use the weapon of our warfare. It's not current but mighty through God to the pulling down of strong holes. Come on, we still got to stand on the word of faith. I don't care what the problem is, you've got to stand on the word of faith. So I said that he went to the brook and he chose five smooth stones and he put them in his shepherd's bag and his pouch and uh, which he had and he put the sling in his hand. He put the sling in his hand and he drew near to the Philistines. Come on, he drew. So let me stop. Let me stop right here. Dang it. Can I borrow a few minutes? Let me borrow maybe five minutes. Five minutes. I'll try to get finished with it. And we'll get some goody out of it. And we'll pick up on Sunday. This is how coloring book theology will have you think. When, when he picked up a stone, you'd be thinking that he had five little stones like this. Five little. What is a pebble going to do but make somebody mad? <laughs> what is a pebble going to do but make you mad? What is a pebble going to do with, with a giant with a 30-pound shield on his head but make him mad? I believe that when he went to the brook, he might have picked up something like a baseball. Come on. Maybe a baseball size. Or maybe a shot put size. This is my this is my snow globe, but the shot put is about that big, isn't it? Isn't it about that? I believe it put had a shot put size. Are you listening to me? When I was looking up, um, I saw that the our our Chapman, he pitched a ball, a baseball, 105.1 miles 
per hour. There's another account where they, where he threw it 106 miles per hour, but they didn't have it on record. They couldn't verify that. So maybe a, 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 a baseball size. Come on, baseball size. Put that in your sling and throw it around. Have you ever got hit with a baseball? A, a baseball? Who's that the, boy, that had knock you out. Are you listening to me? Or maybe a shot put. The shot put holder, the record holder, through the shot put, 75 feet and 10 inches. This is why by Randy... Randy Barnes in the Olympic. And what I learned about the shot put, and I used to actually do the shot put when and when I was in high school. The shot put, oh, now this thing is going to sing. The shot put, you don't throw it. You actually push it. You press it into where it was going. Are you listening to me? So I don't believe that David had no little bitty tiny rocks like this. What's this going to do to a giant, a big old head giant? But make him mad. Come on. I believe he got him some real weapons. And some theologians even believe that whatever rock that he had had the impact of a 45 caliber shotgun. Come on, y'all don't know this about me, but I'm a sniper. I love to go to the gun range and shoot. I'm a sniper, so I can get I get it. I get it. Let me not talk about that because I don't want y'all to be afraid of me. So let's go on. Let's go on. It says that when the Philistine came and he began to draw near to David, that the man who bore, remember, the man who bore the shield went before him. So the man that bore the shield went before Goliath. But I need you to know that somebody went before David too. And it's our God, our Lord, our God. Remember, we have a word. We have a promise. We got a God. I know God went before. Y'all remember angels in the outfield? I believe that David had some supernatural help. He had some supernatural help. Are you listening to me? I don't know whether it was shot put size. I don't know whether it was baseball size. But I know he went with some 45 caliber power to take this giant out. So it says, when the Philistine looked and saw David, he was disdained. Now, first, Eliab was supercilious. Now, I believe this giant was supercilious, highly disdainful, contemptuous, cocky, uppity, snooty. And he's like, am I a dog? You're going to come to me with sticks? Am I a dog? Then he began to intimidate him. I'm going to feed you to the birds. I'm going to feed you to the beasts of the field. Come here. Come here, you little runt. I'm about to show you what I'm made of. But this is what David said in verse 46. David said to the Philistine, you come here, you come to me. I'm coming to you, you come to me. But when you come to me, you're coming with a sword, with a spear, and with a javelin. I'm coming to you in the name of the Lord. You need to get a revelation that the name of the Lord will overtake any spirit of fear, any taunting, anything that is coming against you in the name of Jesus. Come on, we know the story. So David started running, the giant started running to David. And I believe he was probably running like Frankenstein. His old big self with all that stuff on a big old 30 pound thing on his head. He was running like Frankenstein. And I, I believe David was getting it. He was like, I'm about to take this dude out. He's not going to stand here and defy God's army. The Bible said he had his, his, his sling in his hand and he reached in there. Maybe it was a shot put. Maybe it was a baseball. Maybe it was just a rock. I don't know. But he took it and he slung that thing as he was running to the enemy. And the enemy was running to him and he was running to the enemy. And uh, the Bible says that he struck him in his forehead, in the middle of his forehead, right between his eyes. He struck him. And the Bible says that big old giant fell down flat. 
Let me, before I go to the next part, let me talk. Remember the armor bearer, the shield bearer that went before him? The last thing that I saw, I read in the Bible was that the shield, the shield bearer went before him and never talked about what happened to the, to the shield bearer. I believe when David took that, because you know, a big old shot put will hit, will, will penetrate a 30 pound helmet. And the man was nine foot nine and all big with all his stuff. Talking all that smack, and I believe when he fell down, like this is just a pastor Andrea. This is just how I read the Bible. I can't prove it, but I just believe it. I just believe it because it, this it makes sense to me. I believe when David hit that giant in his forehead, the giant was like, Ooh, boom, and he fell down flat on his face. But where's the armor bearer? Where's the armor bearer? I believe he fell on top of the armor bearer. I believe he crushed him. I believe he fell on top of it. The spirit of infirmity has been going before the spirit of fear. And in the name of Jesus Christ and by his blood, we're hurling the word of faith. And we're taking out the spirit of infirmity right along with the spirit of fear. Come on up in here. The word is sharp. It is sharper than any two-edged sword. The Bible says David ran up on the man and the, the David didn't even have, remember he took Saul, so he didn't even have a, a sword. He took Goliath's sword out. And I believe he took that dagger. This is just me. I have a vivid imagination. I believe he took it and jammed it in the back of his neck and chiseled that demon's head off he took the giant's head off but if you got a big old spear coming down like that what happened to the person that was under him come on spirit of fear we coming for you too spirit of infirmity we coming for you too you ain't nothing but a lie go liars david took the took the head of the giant Oh, no, giant, I thought you were bad talking about what you were going to do. Oh, no, armor bearer running before like you got something going. Listen to me. The spirit of fear and the spirit of infirmity and got nothing on our God. We've got a word. We've got a promise. We've got a God. Come on up in here. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound I trust that word blessed your life. Thank you so much for tuning into our podcast. Don't forget to connect with us on Facebook and Instagram. And I want you to know that at Destiny Faith Church, we're more than a church. We're a family.